Hello and welcome to Geeks Camp, the home of RPG topics and what general tomfoolery, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. My name is Zach, and my hosts for the evening are John Christian and Troy Sandlin. Est sulare oth mythos, my friends. Oye, Kendaloda. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. <laughs> We're mixing, mixing a little, uh, little Dragonlance in my expanse. There you go. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. Peanut butter in my chocolate. Two great tastes that may or may not taste great together. Uh, the expanse and, and I think that's called Crin Space. There's actually a thing. There's a there's a book out oh, there yeah. for that. Yeah. Hey. Hmm. Well, uh, so tonight uh, this is our this is a fun su- Sunday fun day. Sunday um, fun day. So uh, in a couple weeks or maybe next week we'll see. We're going to talk about the Batman. Uh, but we had a, a proposal last week, and uh, someone took us up on it. So tonight, we're going to talk about Batman again. Why not? We're going to do another Batman. Um, I, have a, I have a couple pieces of news before we get started. Yes, let's talk news first. Go for it. Do, do you have any news? Does anybody else have any news first? I don't think so. Let me let me let me double check. But you go ahead. Okay. Uh, first bit of news is just. To me, it's it's funny. Uh, for those of you that may or may not be keeping up with uh, TSR Gate 2022, mm-hmm. um, Watsi has finally decided to sue them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are bringing the full force the full force of uh, Hasbro uh, litigation team down upon not only TSR 3.0 but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, Justin Lanasa individually. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's what happened when you keep poking the big, giant, multi-billion-dollar bear. So, <laughs> who'd have thought? I mean, really, I, can't believe, I, I, I really can't believe it I, took this long. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I, I can't believe there wasn't some kind of a cease and desist letter pile that was uh, that was <sighs> mailed to them. That it's just uh, they. I mean, they are going so hard. In fact, um, apparently, the D and D museum is also now in jeopardy. Oh man. Yeah. Because yeah. of all the stuff, cause it's all tied together. So that's, that's that way. If, if you want more details, Google, uh, that's, that's all. That's about all the bandwidth I had for that. Your lazy news. <laughs> lazy. Tell them to Google it, Google oh. it. Um, or, uh, go listen to, uh, mastering dungeons. They talked about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a better piece of news, um, friends of the show, Accidental Cyclops, and we're putting mm. on who are who are making the uh, the real thing RPG, uh, mm-hmm. powered by the apocalypse, based on uh, Faith No More. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, literally like twenty minutes ago, got back from their launch party down at uh, nice. Level Up Level Up Games down That's in Indianapolis. Awesome. Um, got to hang out with Ward and Jason for a little bit. Uh, met some cool people down there. Um, got to take some peeks at uh, what they got going on with the book and stuff, and their promo video and everything. Uh, looks pretty good. It it is going live. I believe they said midnight Tuesday night of this week, which is March fifteenth. Um, it is going live. So please be sure to jump on that and back it and uh, make it a successful Kickstarter for them. It's their first one. 
you'll get all that information will be in our discord um that's awesome for you, for you to follow the link to yeah it was, it, oh, like i said it was sweet. a really good time um awesome right on <clears throat> Ooh, carolina deplorable oh, yeah saw faith no more open it up for metallica oh and and guns and roses that oh i think i remember that tour wasn't that the tour that Axel kept walking off the stage or not even showing up? Oh, yeah. Well, I remember. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. you got to see. Hopefully you got to see Guns N' Roses. I love hearing Hetfield's tale of whenever uh, they had the pyrotechnics issue. They got burned and how Axel responded to that one. It's a good story. That one I invite you to YouTube. I'll be okay. I'll be the lazy one this time. Yeah. Instead of Troy. With the skin, <laughs> the skin bubbling up on his arm. Oh man, not cool, not cool at all. But yeah, those are those are my two little pieces of news. I wanted to give a shout out to the to the guys at uh, Exynos Cyclops. Right on, awesome. All right, uh, John, anything on your end? I got nothing. My, okay. my big news was last week. I'm I'm covered until the survey comes out. That's right. I'll let me. I'll make sure I let everybody know about that. <laughs> right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, there was an interesting Gizmodo article, um, but I think I'm going to save the chat for that. Maybe I'll just post it into our discord and give you all a opportunity to look at that. Um, cause I think it was a weird article about zine month and it would be a whole episode if we did it. So mm-hmm. we'll just put it in the discord and have a chat there. <clears throat> all right. Uh, so today we had a couple of different ways to talk about Batman. Um, and then John and I and Troy uh, kind of put the kibosh on it. But last week, John and I were starting to talk about how would you do Batman as a setting? Like, mm-hmm. what makes... What are the hallmarks or what are the must-haves if you're going to turn 5e... Or I think we kind of kind of left that door open a little bit if it's five years mm-hmm. or if it's something else. But mm-hmm. if you were going to make a Batman setting, what's important for you to have in it? Um, I, I think I think it started off with it. That was the parameter that we were using five E. Yeah, and it may, may have morphed from that. Mm-hmm. But it's a really interesting question once you actually like once we started talking about it because I think even within just three of us, there was a difference of opinion and it's, it's unique. I think that's Mm -hmm. the thing is like, so I think, I think it kind of started off as if you had to, maybe somebody in chat, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Girk said, if you, if you were going to put a Batman game in a unit, in a setting, a five E setting, which one would you do it in? Right. Mm. Um, I think we kind of started with that and, yeah, because you said we, you couldn't do it, right? I don't think so, I don't think that any of them makes like, like, so. a whole lot of sense. Um, mm. I think it, Troy and I came had a pretty quick yeah. turnaround response on that one too. Like yep. immediately thought the one one city in particular came to my uh, one setting yep. in particular came to my head. Yep, Bear Droid nailed it. Yep, yep, Eberron. It's got to be a Sharn. Mm-hmm. Sharn, City of Towers. That's it, man. Because the 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 disparate socio-political mm-hmm. system and not just like the the like the size the magnitude like the big the, how big the city is how tightly cr- uh, cramped everybody is but like socioeconomically the the lower rungs 
of the further down that you got in the in vertically in mm-hmm. Sharn, the more Gotham it became. A, yeah, oh yeah. Until it got to the point where it's yeah. it's like it's almost like a hybrid, actually. Now, if I sit here and think about it, because it's almost like a hybrid of instead of ham-fistedly doing it the way that they did in Superman versus Batman or Batman versus Superman or whatever, where it's like, where's Metropolis? It's right across the river. It's, like, right it's over the there. stupidest thing. <laughs> whatever. You can instead, see the light. Instead, in, if you use Sharn, Metropolis is on top, Gotham's on bottom. You can have both effectively. Now, see, I would even just take it and just say, you know, the top is the upper crust. Mm. you know of, of gotham and it's all the people that are quote unquote untouchable oh which yeah is, like a, which is Boss where Maroney. Bruce, yes yeah. which is where bruce wayne would be oh yeah and then batman would be down yeah. on the lower wards doing his thing while still everybody up here is like oh yeah he's he's causing trouble down there he's costing us money and then they're gonna absolutely crap their 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 breaches when all of a sudden batman pops up in the in the upper ward mm-hmm. it's like oh well, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that, how interesting would that be with bat with uh, with Bruce? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's not just him putting on a show to make sure that no one knows that it's him. He's he's like gathering intel. It's almost like a political game that he's playing with that upper the arist the Gotham aristocracy. Yeah, in order to in order to do the the dirty work downstairs. Oh, I just had a, I just had a cool idea. Having it being Sharn, he's. You know, Bruce the Wayne Manor is in the upper towers, right? Kind of, kind of do a riff on the old Batman TV show. When when Batman is needed, he flips open you know, the the bust of some Shakespeare or something like that. Yeah, right? it, it was, uh, yeah oh. Shakespeare, or Beethoven, something like that. But he hits the button, he goes in that little thing, and he slides all the way down yes. to the Batcave, which is in the cogs. Yeah, yeah. And as he's sliding it. Puts him in the suit. And- <laughs> I uh, I disagree, but <laughs> that's fine. Like, uh... I like like to me. So so this is this is why we shut it down and we're like we're just going to talk about this next Sunday because uh, I think that having that disparity between the crust and the lower it. Gotham is Gotham. In my mind, Gotham is Gotham. Hmm. And there's seediness everywhere. And there's and, yeah. and there's no this is the this is the nice area of town. This is the gross area. It's like it's all the same. It's all hmm. there's a, there, it's all polished buildings covered with grime. It's all um you know, there there there's a there's a possibility for danger in every district, in every building, in everything, because the the uh, 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 villainy that is at the central concept of Gotham as a place, uh, there is a villain for every level, and they blend mm-hmm. together. And so, to me, the reason that I don't one of the reasons that I don't think that there's a that I think I think it would almost need its own setting and, and, and how I would do it is that Gotham needs to feel like a place where there isn't any safe neighborhoods. There isn't any uh, 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 safe havens, so to speak. Um, and I don't know that I feel like but but it also isn't an evil place. Right. It isn't right. Mes- Mesoboran, 
in the underdark um it sells itself as a city and it is a city just like a city in our world like chicago or like new york it's another city but it happens to be a city where um there is a there is a you know a, a rogues gallery villain for every district <laughs> overseeing well, everything and that's to me the fascinating piece and the, and to me that's why Sharn fits so well because there is danger on every level mm-hmm. but the people at the top have the means to at least attempt to safeguard themselves by hiring security because mm-hmm. even in in Gotham those people that are in the upper crust, I mean, because there's there's bright, shiny buildings in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there is. They're few and far between, and they're in certain neighborhoods. And usually, the upper crust only sticks around those neighborhoods, and they always have a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what you got with the upper crust. You've got those people that have the money, that you know, as long as they're smart about it, and they don't go in those maybe questionable areas where they've heard rumors about, uh, I guess you would call it almost like white collar thugs or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the upper tiers, you, you, you would have that. Cause I mean, they would still want to be safeguarded. So they would still have bodyguards and things like that. I think it, you can even Gothamize it even more though. And I think something that was to me is a, a, a really cool element that you could introduce to the players that maybe is like, no matter how upper crust it is and no matter how polished it is, or like if they're using like super expensive marble and everything's gilded mm-hmm. and golden, it's just a veneer, mm-hmm. right? For the, for the, it like, it like Gotham to me is no matter where you go, maybe what you're trying to kind of get at Zach, cause I agree with you on a lot of what you were saying. It's like really what it is, is Gotham is like a place that is, uh, is a city that has not, has not fallen yet, yet to corruption. It's being eaten away by its like from a, like a decay from the from the inside at every single level. Uh, you just see more of it at the street level with uh, with the common folk than you do in the upper crust. But there's still like there are bars on windows in mansions. There are there's assigned security guards that are doing circuits around the the mansions. And no matter where they are, that you have to hire muscle. Mm-hmm. In order to maintain a hold on what you've got, and it's not necessarily just like those same common folk that are like the dregs that are trying to come up and take what you've got. It's everyone else around you is trying to take what you've got and take a piece of the pie. And so there's like this this constant like a tension in that area. I still mm-hmm. say that you could probably you could do that with Sharn. I think you may have to make some a couple of well minor that's, adjustments to do that. That's though. where I guess like and, and, and I guess I'm. My fascination with it lies less in in twisting a setting to to work, but more is there a setting that works on its own? And if not, what are those things about Gotham that make it so that it isn't a perfect fit, right? Mm -hmm. Because I guess when I think about Sharn, Sharn would be a good a good like if I had to pick one. I agree Mm -hmm. that Sharn is a good one, Um, but then I think about things like Morgrave University. And again, my knowledge of Batman is not infinite, right? So you can point you somebody might be able to point out. But like to me, Morgrave University is this big part of Sharn, and it's a big experience of Sharn. Um, and it's not in Bat in, in Gotham, 
the Gotham University would be over would be like like the 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 board would be like the court of owls or something right like right. there there would be there's no there's nothing that is well good that that in, is more great you just described more grave university yeah yes and that's what i'm saying is like i don't i don't have the perfect knowledge but but in 5e let me rephrase this in 5e there's really not that presentation of more grave university in this setting we, as well, being that way well, so maybe in a previous and i you have to dig for yeah. it a little bit but yeah it's there um, but that's 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 where I was really getting at is that there seems at least to be in the Eberron that I know and have experienced, and that's a few novels and five E, you know, things. a few novels there's, and Salvation. Uh, uh, well, Sal- well, yeah. I played through the well, whole thing, uh, and there's yeah. there's some charm stuff there, but um, there very much seems to be plenty of areas that you can go in Sharn and be hunky dory. Like have a fun adventure or have a you know uh, a great time or a well, there's those not, places not like that in Gotham too. I mean, you, otherwise, it, you know the the rich people would just not stay if every time they walked out of their house, it's like uh, Fallujah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's like, that's, it's that's, like, that's the thing, though. Is I think that, like, again, Zach it has the potential. Sees, it has the potential to I be think that every, at any I given think, minute. I think that every rich person in Gotham is either a villain or secretly uh, a uh, vigilante. That's that's where yeah. maybe maybe uh, there's. Uh, I just thought of another decent one. I think mm. Baldur's Gate. Baldur's mm. Gate is interesting. You can because, do Baldur's Gate. Because Baldur's Gate is is rough. It's a wretched hive of scum it, and villainy. It is a wretched hive of scum and villainy with, with a few spots of decency. And well, mm-hmm. actually Andrew had a pretty good one, I think. You could use Sigil. You could use Sigil. You could add it would be a more of a fantastical to me it'd be it, more fantastical than what I think that Gotham is gonna end up being. Gotham to me is so grounded in not necessarily the mundane, like What's the most fantastic thing that happens in Gotham? A dude that's a crocodile man. Boom. <laughs> like, which outside which, of that, outside yeah. of that, it's like there's a guy in a suit with pointy ears and a cape that that fights people with me- with makeup on and glasses with uh, and have like canes with question marks at the end and stuff like that. But otherwise, there's not a lot of magicy, supernatural, superheroy type stuff going on there. You know, so maybe I wonder if that's part of it too, Zach. Is is does that for the feel that you need? Is there like a, a level of like in D anD D, everything's so fantastic? Do you have to bring it down to like a sword and sorcery level in order to make it feel like Gotham? I no, I, it, it, it's not about that. And and see, if I was going to pick a place in, and it's for a very specific reason, but if I was going to pick a place in the Forgotten Realms, I would probably pick Neverwinter. Um, but that's because from an atmosphere region, I feel like Neverwinter has some of the right elements to to make a good Gotham. Mm. It's very tech savvy. It's in the north, so it, there's a lot of, in my mind at least, in Neverwinter, it's a, it it feels a lot like Chicago in in climate and all that. Um, it just never snows. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just yeah. I just really like uh, I like Neverwinter. If I was gonna pick, but even then, it's not. I I think it's just the fact that I don't see like 
and, and Waterdeep has the, the Mass Lords, which I think is an mm-hmm. interesting idea that like it it's not the same as Gotham, but it has like nods towards that concept. I think what it comes down to though is that Gotham to me feels like a place where uh uh the villains are in charge of a the villains are in charge of an otherwise public you know regular city and i don't feel that way as much with uh most of the other settings out there like it just gotham you know that the villains are in charge like everyone knows that the villains are in charge that's how it feels to me at least um, and I, but yet people still go there. <laughs> There's still business to be had in Gotham. Well, I think one of the things too, that I was just sitting here thinking about that is like a critical piece of Gotham that I don't know that we have a lot of anywhere in D and D is Arkham Asylum. It was like that to me is like a really hallmark location well, of where like the worst of the worst. Okay. Uh, of like the, the criminally. And that's, that's where I argued in my uh, version of Neverwinter. the, you know, there's the rift, uh, in the center, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always thought that that would be a good place to have a prison. So, 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 and that was something that I think Zach brought up last week after hours was the idea of you can't really have a Batman, and and I added onto that you can't really have any superhero game in a five E setting because. All you players, you, you know, your players are all a bunch of murder hobos. Yeah, and and heroes in the comic book world tend to not kill; they put yeah. them in prison so that they can come back later, unless yeah. they're and, Ben Affleck. Unless they're well, <laughs> yeah. Or the guns are allowed then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because they're uh, parademons. Yeah, well, I'm or thinking Superman. of I'm thinking of Batman versus Superman. He was using guns in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, at that point. Anyway, anyway well, so matter. so did so did uh, Michael Keaton's Batman? But yeah. did he? Did he use a gun? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, that's like we're, we're gonna derail <laughs> hard. Yeah, that that's that's a trickiness, right? And that's that's another part of it is like, so when I when I've messed with doing Batman in Five E, a big part about it is how do I navigate the waters of player expectations? Are that we kill every mm. evil person in the game? And mm-hmm. so one of the ways that I did it was, um, uh, which was really fun, was I created a city that was in a magic field. It was underground. is in a magic field. It was like underneath Forgotten Realms. And within that field, nothing can die. And so the, you know, you can't have the death penalty. You can't have anything like that because nothing can die and nothing can escape from it. And so in a world of eternity um, where everyone will live forever and where there there's an upper limit to the consequences one can receive for crime. The idea might be that there would be expansive prisons and powerful criminals that, that have, you know, made a name for themselves and are persistent and escape and regularly like all of this because there's only so much you can do. And that seemed to work out pretty well. But yeah, you got to find a way to navigate around the murder hobonus because that's the key of Batman is reoccurring villains. 
mm-hmm. that that end up with enough of a reputation with the hero and with the city itself yes. to where there can be context, a backstory, and an ongoing complexity. Um, and that is, I think, tricky to provide in a game where you have not just murder hobo players, but also you have a, a system that is built around killing, killing. people. Yeah. Well, what if, what if that's a part of a session zero where it's like, all right, we're going, we're going to do this. And for whatever reason, the, the kingdom, the city, what have you is part of an, alight, an enlightened society mm-hmm. where it is, Hey, you just can't go out killing willy nilly, which is kind of how I like to run my stuff. Anyway, it's like, you know, you, you walk into town and, yeah. and the barkeep, you know, charges you too much for your for your ale, and you cut him mm-hmm. down. There's going to be consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you just kind of lay that out at the beginning and say, "Hey, you- yeah." But it's too easy to do the like, like, and I'm agreeing with you here. But it's too easy to do the opposite as well in D and D in general because all you have to do to navigate those waters is just simply say when you deal your damage, "I'm doing non-lethal damage," like. Mm-hmm. It's which is not helpful. Like <laughs> you cast, you, you know, I attack with my longsword. Great, awesome. Uh, how much damage do you do? Uh, I do fifty-eight non-lethal points of damage. <laughs> it's like you slapped him on the side of the head with the flat of your blade for fifty-eight points of damage. Like, uh, and, and it's that simple. Oh, when I cast Eldritch Blast. I do non-lethally. Like what? Like Wait, yeah, I can't do that. My fireball deals non-lethal damage. How, how is that again? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that part of this, I, I would want to try personally. I'd want to navigate through that without the necessity of, uh, and typically do without the that being even stated in the the session zero of the, the your actions have consequences. If you you cut down the the yeah the innkeeper for 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 giving you swill instead of the good stuff, then here come the guards. I think okay, though, those two guards, cool. Here come more guards and more and more. And now you're on the lamb or on the run. And now you've got wanted posters up mm-hmm. for yourself. And this has turned into a completely different adventure. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think that there's a lot of players that are okay with that. And so mm-hmm. I, I would argue that it's not just enough for there to be in game consequences. I think there have to be character sheet consequences. If you're mm-hmm. going to do this either, those char- those players that want to play that kind of a game, though, are they really? They're not the kind of players that are going to end up playing a Batman well, game anyway. They're, right? they're, well, maybe they're going to want to. But also, I think a lot of times those players want to do that because they want excitement. And sure. your game, what for whatever reason, maybe it's just the wrong moment or whatnot, or maybe they're just people that need excitement every twenty minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's not the not so much that they want to have the city guard after them. They just want an exciting moment and they're going to generate it by golly. If you aren't mm-hmm. by, by punch, by killing an innkeeper. Um, but I think that like, there's a couple ways that I could see to do it where maybe you have a morale meter on the character sheet or a morale score or a, side, not, a, side. not a morale, but a, um, a moral score mm-hmm. or light side dark side yeah and if you stray too far into dark side you lose your character yeah you're right? done. 
Um, or maybe it's a group score, you know, or whatever. And you got to, you, you either die a hero or you live long enough for the D to take your character sheet. That's right. <laughs> I would, how, how about this instead of, because I think that in, when you, when you do that, I think that these days, I don't think that'd be tolerated very well in the, in the community abroad. I think what we could, you could probably use instead, I would have like rep, repute renown, right? Whatever you're like, renown only goes from zero and up. Right. Part of the thing that I, I would do yeah. with renown or reputation is that it would go into the negative to where instead of people thinking you're awesome and buying you a drink whenever you show up, they either run or they grab their pitchforks and but torches John, whenever you show up. But John, that still – that doesn't – like – and I, I agree with you, but it doesn't help because I, I, I have been and I know plenty of players think video game, right? Mm-hmm. Who will just say, well, let's burn our renown to negative 10 – and let's make this game about how long we can survive in a city that's against us. And the, you, the thing but, is, that's for me as the as the DM. I'm not interested in running that kind of a game. And I, I I'll have that conversation with my players when it gets to that point. I'm like, look, it is very obvious that you all want a different kind of game than the one that I'm comfortable yeah. giving you. And so right. I'm going to politely excuse myself from this kind of play because I'm just not interested in it. Right. But how do you make it? So, but the, but the, the idea, right. Is like, if we're going to make a game that should work like Batman should, should feel like Batman, mm-hmm. then I think that you, then you, we have to think ahead, plan around and say, what are the pitfalls of D and D? Not that they're all bad, but what are the tropes of a D and D game or D and D party or D and D campaign that we have to intentionally build around to make sure that the game cannot devolve into that to where it, it, you know, and I think you can do that. I don't think that it's an impossible feat, especially if the pitch is we're going to play a Batman game. And here are the parameters of that. I think mm-hmm. that you can get a group that uh, uh, is willing to accept it. If as long as they're willing to buy into Batman, um, yeah. but you've got to show them that they're the consequences. Like if Batman starts killing a bunch of people, that if the right if a writer writes a story where Batman kills a bunch of people, it doesn't get published, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality. Is that um, there is a limit to what is allowed in a Batman game? Well, we can't not publish our players choosing to kill somebody, but what we can say is the campaign ends if Batman ever becomes too corrupt and becomes a villain. And that's part of the. I see what you're saying. So you're trying to say create a game within a game in order to set that as one of the, not necessarily a win condition, but a failure condition. Yeah. Right? It's a failure condition. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I, I think that's, I mean, that's something you could definitely do. I don't know. I just, I feel like players are never going like, to I'm intentionally to lure fail. The, I'm having yeah. to like breadcrumb trail lure or like pull them by the, like the nose ring in order to get them to do something. That seems like I already have enough work. It's, no, 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 it, no, no, no. They look. There's already a fail condition in D and D on your character sheet. It's called hit points. <laughs> if yeah, the whole party true. dies as a TPK, this is the exact same thing. Players don't want to fail. So if you say, "Hey," and I'm, I, this is a, a cheap statement, right? It, it probably wouldn't work exactly like this. You say you have a moral score as a crew, and if you fall below a moral score, you become the villains, and this camp and you fail. It's just like a TPK. Players mm. will not do that. They will not do that. Now, they might choose to dip down at some points, right? But that's the same as Batman having to make those hard calls, which he sometimes mm-hmm. does in some of the comics where he does pull the trigger. 
and then he hates himself for forever. Um, yeah. Or he lets a villain die. It's, or it's he, Clark breaking whatever. Zod's neck. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. right. he, like the people were so yes, mad about right. that. And the, like the, all the Superman uh, nuts out there and myself included, as I put myself in there in, in the column of being like a super fan for Superman, but uh, people were so upset about that. I'm like, what, what did you want him to do? Like mm-hmm. well, in that circumstance, well, if, you, if you that's what he murder was, that family or like, well, if that's what, what you, he was going to do. Why didn't he break his neck like 20 minutes and, you know, 20 minutes ago? Because I think that he might have saved some. The com- it's like a, t- <laughs> and I, you, I'm not going to allow you to bait me down that trail because I totally agree like, I'm with you. But I think that hundred thousand people. No, yeah. I'm with you. But dark side points are the great statement. Dark side yeah, from from the old Western game stuff. I, yeah, I think oh, yeah. that it that you can, I mean that's certainly something that you could do. I, and I think that it's if you're wanting to add it as a neat like way of tracking something like that, but not not as a way to prevent players from acting like acting in a way that you don't want them to. I think a, I think a conversation should should suffice. Yeah, for that. It, it, there has to be a conversation. Now you could to me. It would be conversation. Here's what I want to run. Are you all in, into it? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. great. I've got buy-in. Okay, great. Now I'm going to explain to you. I am going to keep light side, dark side points behind the screen. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to know where you're at on that chart. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you start gaming that, yeah. that's when it's, hey, we can, dip, we can kill this guy because it's only three points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly like, what my players did when we played Star Wars. Yep, that's exactly what they did. Oh, I know where I know where the I know where the floor is on this thing. No problem. Yeah, yeah, but so so I agree. All right, this is where Zach has a difference of opinion a little bit. I like putting the gamey bits in the plans of the hands of the players, but I also am going to. It's not just they're not going to get be the only ones who get to call when dark side points are inevitable, right? So they're going to choose to do these dark side points. But eventually, I would make it so that my party understood that there's going to be hard choices mm-hmm. that aren't. It mm-hmm. isn't just oh, we'll kill this guy because we can take the three points. We'll be like, we don't want to take these points, but the alternative is that we lose our ship, and so we're going to have to take these points because we're not going to lose our ship or whatever, right? And it's going to be it's going to come down to, you know. Riding, the, I like to ride the line of player uh, comfortableness with with things like that, and choices are fun. Um, but well, the other side, that's, that's why you keep it secret because it's like well, we yeah. don't want to lose our ship. It's like, are you prepared? Are you prepared to take mm-hmm. those points? Well, even even how about this? Even if it's like the dark side points could be a lot like they were used in West End <laughs> games. So it's whenever you delve too deep into the dark, you can't get back out, and that's whenever you turn your your character over to your, yeah. your DM GM, right? And so for me, the one of the things that's I like the idea of keeping it on the back end or <clears throat> behind the screen, Troy. I like having that behind the screen I, because that's, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> because because the character doesn't know how close to the edge they actually are. And right. whenever they like it's like how far is too far, they don't really know because they're so they're so mired in the moment that they don't know that like that they've they've gone over the deep end. Yeah, I think whenever- if I was going to do that, if I, if they're going to do that, which I think is maybe is a cool element because I like the feel of like they they they've sucked themselves down into it. Mm-hmm. I would keep a really tight record as a DM. Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. Like here's here's a sheet, and I've kept track, and here are the times when you got dinged, so that when I say hey, 
it's hand time it over. hand it mm-hmm. over and they're like what you can be like here's the sheet here's where you well, killed you 40 people too right you can start <laughs> forecasting it like you have yeah. nightmares or you have there's like ptsd or you're yeah in your you're in your go back to that moment where you shot that one guy and that kind of yeah. like you can you could feel yourself slowly teetering towards the edge without it just being like a, a complete shocker but i agree that if you're gonna, if it's gonna be one of those things, like anytime you take a character from somebody, you gotta, you gotta, be, you, you gotta, gotta have your freaking guns loaded yeah. up. Well, for, it, for the blowback, I don't necessarily agree because you know you're saying blowback, but if you had that conversation before this campaign started and you laid out the groundwork, they mm-hmm. know what's at stake. Well, it's more about it's like this- they may not agree that yes, they, they may not, but also something else that I kind of yeah. feel like. At times in this discussion, we're talking about a single character, almost as if we're playing one on one. Yeah, and because we're if not, you put yeah. these parameters down, you'll all you're also going to have the other players that yeah. are policing as well. Because mm-hmm. maybe maybe you have a, a blue boy scout mm-hmm. in your group that's never going to dip low for whatever reason, and then you're going to have an edgy. Dark Knightish type mm-hmm. Punisher character, and it could be, don't do that, don't you know? Because because then you're gonna get those cool role play moments of, you know, don't drop him off the edge of the castle. Yeah, yeah. But he deserves it. He killed Martha. You know, just yeah. You know, we can't. We'll take him to Blackgate. You know, you know what you could do, right? Is John would do this? I can imagine in his game where. If John decided dark side points were gained in any amount, he would just click a button on roll 20 and like the whole screen would fill with shadow for a moment. And like <laughs> you would know that dark side points were gained somehow Ooh. by someone is some quantity. <laughs> and, and then, oh, okay. <laughs> like, everyone's like, whoa. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. Bat family. Exactly. Right. Craig. Yeah. Uh, that's so that, that gets to the other side of this, right? Like, I think the Bat Family is one of the reasons why it's really intriguing to do Batman and 5e. Because at this point, there's enough like ideas that, that there's numerous heroes in Gotham and that they all work together and they have different techniques and different styles and all that. But but they're all working. So like there's the idea of the... And it's not a perfect correlation, but you could play a game in which everyone's in Gotham and every, and one person's Nightwing and one person's Batman and one, one person's Batgirl and blah, 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 blah. And it, it would be cool. Actually. Um, okay. Go continue. I have, well, I, have I was, was going to say that like the other thing though, that we don't yet have in D and D at least in five E that I think Batman demands is a campaign in which there are, the rogues gallery of villains that are known from the beginning by and large, mm. and that it is a matter of when they show no, they show up, not if they show up mm-hmm. sort of a presentation. Well, yeah, you, you want the, you want the knowns and then you want to have the unknowns that, sne- that come in. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. But something that you were saying, you know, with, with, with Craig talking about, uh, Craig and Bear talking about the bat family. Yeah. That's how you play this game. That's how you run this campaign. Yeah. You have old Bruce Wayne as the patron mm-hmm. of the cool. rest of the Bat family. And yeah. he's the one that hands down the dark side points. Because he's going to know that that uh, Damien went too far 
with that guy. Mm. And it's like when you when y'all get back to the Batcave, it's like, Damien, we're gonna have a talk. Well, I think that he's not the one that's necessarily handing out the dark side points. He's the one that's giving this. He's like the Jiminy no. Cricket. That's like you're you're really close, right? But that's really but that's, that's how here. that's how you know. You know, he's <laughs> not gonna go oh, one demerit for Damien, not something like that. But like when you mm-hmm. come in, it's like, oh, Bruce is pissed. Mm-hmm. Well, I and think that I think too that. that it's really it's it is so imperative because you've had the I've had similar circumstances in the past where paladins did not behave in a way mm-hmm. that I thought was paladin like at all, which we can talk about that on Tuesday when we talk about paladins. But uh, but yeah, I think that having the conversation that's going to be like right at the forefront of a of a session zero. It's like oh, yeah. the possibility of me quote unquote taking something from you. That belongs to you. Your character belongs to you. You have ultimate agency over your character, and I quote unquote take your character from you. I don't know how that flies in the, the community that we've got right now. That's a, that's a very old well, school and, mentality. But that's that not, I don't okay. think that would, I don't think that would that, be adopted. That's part of the problem that, that you're putting into this. You're talking the whole community, the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a group of players. They've already bought in. Yeah. How do you if, do if it? A, how do you do pl- it? If, if a player sits down and you know they're one of those people that get upset about that kind of thing, then they better say something during session zero. Say, hey, I'm not cool with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then if everybody else is not cool with this at the table, then we're going to have to rethink the campaign. Let's discuss what we're going to play, and we'll come back next week, and we'll figure it out. No, no, I'm with but, you. What I'm, I think what I'm getting at is I'm, a community I'm not saying large. What I mean by it is like you're still – your your pool – of players is come it comes from the community. I'm try, I'm curious well, as to how many people inside of that inside of the community you would get to have really you'd have to whittle out as a I don't think that well let me rephrase this. I think that if you want to play a Batman 5e game Batman Fantasy 5e game you ha- there is enough players pretty easily that will commit to that. It now yeah. because the people who don't want to like you're already putting up rails or putting up walls guidance mm-hmm. just by saying this is batman right mm-hmm. um so i think i think that it'd be more than what you think though because i think people i think that our community when they get riled up it's with the idea of saying of a of a rando person saying you can't do this mm-hmm. i think that if their gm says Let's play. I'd love to do a Batman game, and I'd love to do it where you right. have to play these types of characters, and where there's this is some play. That's what our patron Saint Colville says, right? If you are excited about it, then I want to do it because you're excited. I may not yes. care about it at all if if it's just some person on the internet, but if you care about it and you're my friend, I am down, right? Because yeah. because we're I, not saying this is how D and D should be played across the board. We're saying. Here's here's the parameters. The, the this swath of the community that wants this kind of thing, yeah. and then the swath inside that swath that says, "I am willing to." Uh, and I play think it would be a pretty rules. high. It, it's a it's, it's a it's a connection swath. thing, though. I think right. It's not necessarily. I think if I posted to the to a, a Reddit or a Facebook group to in John's defense, if I if I posted to a Facebook group and said. I think that I, I'm going to run a, a Batman game, and this is how it's going to be. You would get a lot of negative comments, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would get a lot of negative comments. But if I posted into our 
uh, into our Discord or in you know something like that, or sent out a message and said, "Hey, I'm going to run a five E Batman game. Who wants in?" I think I could build mm-hmm. a party. Right? I think that's where I, maybe that's where my headspace is at. Right? Is the community at large versus a very a selected group of people? No, I agree. I agree that you could find a, a group of people like that. I've had my own maybe it's my own trauma that I've had in the past where I've had knockdown drag out arguments with people over whether or not their paladin would do that without their God stripping them of all of their, their divine abilities. Yeah. And that's right? tricky. It is tricky. That's, that's one of the hardest things. And that's where, because that's interpre- why it's I would interpretive. That's yeah. what, that's well, like sub- yeah. subjective mor- uh, morality comes into play where like what you think is bad versus what the DM thinks is bad. Maybe two different things. I think that's what I'm kind of getting at as opposed to like, how what is the likelihood of even well intended player DM agreements to turn into that whenever anytime you introduce well, the possibility of stripping someone of of and anything that's, wh- like that's that, where that I think own. that that's where I think that that is the not an outcome that should happen ideally ever right right just and 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 I think that if that is happening regularly then there is a miscommunication about the point of this game <laughs> or even mm. if it's happening with any amount of consistency because the point is that sometimes Batman dips down a little bit, but he's not doing a nosedive. And it's certainly the, there's, there's very, 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 very few Batman comic lines that end with Batman killing somebody. And that's the the comics, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so if we all agree that that's not the point of this game, then there should be sometimes when there is a crisis or when Batman dips a little bit further than he was comfortable with or whatever. But the but for it to get to the point where Batman, where you say, hand over your sheet, you're no longer Batman, <laughs> that somebody has missed the whole point. And that's mm-hmm. that's less a problem of. I think that's a that's a problem of a, of communication at the beginning and and mm-hmm. and. Not well, so much it, a problem with. It, it, I think it it's ongoing communication, though. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think it's ongoing. I think that. we talk about it at session zero, but then it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Let's if, make sure that if, we're still on the same page about this. But I still think it can. I, th- I still think it can devolve into. Again, oh, maybe it, I've just been hurt it, too many times. But see, <laughs> it can definitely it, be devolving into into people having their feelings hurt or being and, pissed off about the way that things what? were interpreted. That that happens with anything and everything in the world. And I look at it like this: Do I want to? Do I want to offend the community at large with anything? No. That's why I'm going to say, "Hey, I'm going to run this game. I'm going to interview the first 20 people to see if they're willing to do this." And then the 20 people show up. Okay, here's my parameters. That weeds it down to 10. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, do another interview or whatever, and that gets me down to my six. And it's like, okay, now we're going to have our session zero, and y'all have agreed to this this is what we're doing all right cool we're gonna play and then somebody gets their feelings hurt i don't care at that point because you've made it all the way down i've explained 20 different times what's going to happen and you bought in and now if you want to get mad about it then i don't know what else to tell you yeah i think there's some trickiness um this is a whole other topic, and we've talked. We actually, Troy, you, we talked about maybe doing this topic at some point, but that I think that there is a subjectiveness, as John said, to it, and I think that's where you're going to blow mm-hmm. get the conflict is where a player believes that the moral line was X, and right. you and really then, felt like it was, 
X minus three or X plus yeah. three. Yeah. And, and it's not, they're not, they're not, dis, they're, you know, they're not arguing that Batman should be able to kill 40 people. They're just saying that one time it was unavoidable it from my point of view, because if I didn't kill them, this child was going to die or whatever. Well, right. And okay, so in so that case, I, that's an extreme example, but I'm just extreme. saying like there, there's, there's subjective points of it where, they're not going to argue the time where they killed a guy and they knew that they were taking the points, right? They're not going to argue that point. They're going to argue the point where they're like, yeah, but you gave me a point over here for doing this thing. When in my mind, that was completely reasonable because of X, Y, and Z. And now it's a subjective discussion and it, okay. it, it you know, it, it's a then, tricky, tricky thing. Then you could add into, you know, kind of like one of those, because again, I'm I'm of the mindset that I'm keeping the points behind yeah. the screen, John. <laughs> keeping the points behind the screen so that they don't see them. So then you open it up and you say, okay, after every session, I will give anybody that wants it time to defend anything that they did in this in this session. If if you feel no if you feel it's borderline, if you feel something that happened and you're like, you know, I did this because he was going to kill that kid. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Then I can make that little note if it, if it happened to be or, if it, you know, that way. Because I don't see people trying to push the line on this. I don't think that people would push the line. I, yeah, and I'm much. sorry. And I don't want it to me seem like I think that it's something this massively rampant thing. It is. I think it's important for us to have this, the conversations, though, yeah. about it. But I, at the same I time, mean, you know. now unless say Bear Droid is playing and he's like, you know what, I want to play a character. Not a play that, Red Hood. Yeah, that, that wants to play a Red Hood, mm-hmm. and and walks that line, and eventually will fall over. So you have to have the dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, three issue uh, arc where I pull the character because you know. I want my character to become a new villain. You know what? I've done, I've done that in one of my games before to great yeah, effect. And then you can do that. And then it's great. You know, that's a, then that would probably be a side conversation of, of there, Bear call, you know, calling me up saying, hey, I want to do this. It's like, okay, cool. There's a interesting uh, – boy, we're, we're just going all over the place with this. But this is Everywhere. interesting, I think. Um, the, the One Ring – the new One Ring system actually has some good ideas that we could steal from here, right? So they have hope, your hope score, which you can – it's kind of like luck in Call of Cthulhu where you have a luck score and you can spurn luck to help you boost other ability checks, right? But you also get tests of luck. And if you burn down your luck, those tests of luck become much harder, right? There's an exactly the same, by and large, system in in One Ring where you have a hope score and you can burn that hope to boost other roles, but also there are shadow tests that that conflict against your hope and in the same way i think that the cool thing about that right is that in we could take that lesson into batman right and we can say there are going to be instances where you have a morale score and you can choose to burn down that morale score on your own for benefits right whether that benefits is extra damage or you know putting somebody you know out for the count or however right but also there are going to be times just because of the reality of living in a place like Gotham where corruption is inevitable. Batman cannot help but 
take on some of the corruption of the place that he is in from time to time simply because he lives in this place. And so there's going to be times where your morale score, your resolve is going to get tested by encounters, by situations, by role play, by whatever, where tests are going to be called upon. And if you've burned down your, your, your morale, getting sweet, sweet bonuses in combat, it's going to, it's going to hurt when you really needed that high morale um, in this, this other test that you don't get to make the call on. It's the story that is placing you in a situation where your morale is going to, your morality is tested. Um, I think that could be really cool. Um, and it, it has also like, I, as I'm thinking about it, vampire, the vampire five E has a, and I don't know a lot about vampire other than the five E version, but it has similar things, right? Like this idea of you can spin things, but you're going to need those at some point. And it's not going to be up to you whether or not, you know, it's not going to, you're, you're not going to be able to say, no, no, this isn't a test for me. It's, there's going to be tests for you because that's part of the story. And it's up to you how difficult those tests are by how much you, you borrowed against those tests of your own volition earlier on. And that's cool. That's cool. I would love to do that. Um, so the question then is, I, know we're, we're, I feel like we're trying to make D and D fifth edition fit into this because there seems like there's a lot of bolt-on stuff you're going to have to do to this thing in order to make it feel to make it operate the way that you want it to in order for it to function like, like I don't Batman know or, or super or, or, which it shouldn't should it like really well, like like the way that D and D has been sold lately in particular is that D and D is a game of heroism it's not necessarily a game of yes. rogues and and Yes. Um, and uh, like of, uh, of jerks playing at the mm-hmm. table, right? It's, it's, it's supposed to be heroic fantasy, mm-hmm. not necessarily just fantasy. Yes, it is meant to be heroic fantasy. That is the cell of D&D as its purpose. It, it can do other things with it, but that's what it was designed for, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, but I think that it, it's natural. I mean, like there's isn't in the DM's guide. So from day one, there's been like an option for a sanity ability score. Mm-hmm. That oh, yeah. That's it, that yeah. was the whole point behind 5e. It's very modular. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I I think you could I think it's as easy as you know a uh, a morale or a moral score ability score, and then you can do cool things like all right, you're dealing non lethal damage to the Riddler, but the Riddler's just killed four hundred people, and mm-hmm. when you're dealing non lethal damage to him, when that final blow hits that was going to bring him to zero below zero hit points or knock him unconscious, you have to make a morale save to see if you can pull your punch or if in the moment of it, you, you don't, you commit to it and you snap his neck, right? Like Mm. that's, Uh, and that could be really fascinating. I I would, I would not play that game. Really? I would not. I would, because right, that right there has just removed my agency. And I would say no, because if I am going down the track to that, that, that that is a possibility. You know, I've already, I've already beaten some, you know, uh, a jaywalker to a pulp. That's I'm kind of going down that line already, but cause, cause right there, you know, maybe I've never done anything. Maybe I've never done anything to affect my, mm-hmm. my, my morals. Yeah. 
and I'm and he's he's uh, you know killed 400 people, and I'm like I'm gonna take you in, and that's my I'm role playing that as I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take you in. I'm taking you to mm-hmm. Arkham. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. I just rolled mm-hmm. a one on my morality check, and I snapped his neck. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but I this whole time I've been saying, nope, I'm taking him in. I'm taking him in. And to, and to me, it's like I, that's too. This is too much of an in, an intense role play kind of idea to to mm-hmm. dilute it down to a die roll. But that's the key of D anD. d Now we're getting into weird parts of D anD. d But like that's the point of D anD. d And a lot of things, right? That's that's the frustration. And you can argue for it or against it. But that is exactly how diplomacy tests work where you diplomatize the shit out of something and then your DM says, that's cool. You get advantage on your persuasion check and then you roll double ones, right? That's mm. you can, you have these little tools of advantage or whatever, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the die roll. Now I'm not saying that it should happen that way all the time, but at its core, that's how it works, right? Is like good role well, play gives you bonuses. But at the end of the day, D and D is really about the role of the die determines how it works. And technically speaking, your passive score is your is the floor. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so your your yeah. double ones mean nothing because my passive morality score is still fifteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which and to me it's like yeah okay if you have that safety net but how many people actually play that way? Oh, you I, failed your perception check. You yeah. didn't see the thing. Well, but my passive is sixteen. Yeah. Doesn't matter. My floor. You, you missed it. Yes, yeah, my floor. Yeah. There's, I guess there's a difference between skill checks and saves as far as if there's a floor or not. But either way, like, I'm just saying that, like, we could do it. You could do it. it the system you, you, is, you a, there's a way in which you could build it. And there's probably six ways that you could build it that different tables would be excited about, right? Now, I like what Bear Droid just suggested. When you get to that point and he knocks and you knock him, you go, I'm going to knock him out. I rolled enough. I rolled the damage. He just killed 400 people. Are you sure you're just going to knock him out? And 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 just keep pushing. Men, women, children. Are you sure you're just going to, you know, that could be kind of fun. Because, yeah. yes, yes, we're using D&D 5e, but this is not a normal D&D 5e experience in this setting. Because you have to just, to, to make it just so delicious, you have to be able to push buttons and like you know, freeze time. Boop. Okay, time stop. We're going to have this little discussion before you land that final blow. How are you going to do it? Are you going to knock him out? Yeah, I, I like the even, idea of finding a way. Him. You could, you could even tempt and say, you know, if you kill him, there's this. Yeah, but my morale. But yeah. Well, think- part of this is that it's, it's so nuanced with the way that a character yes. is going to end up operating because me sitting at a table and the safety of my home or or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it's it's really easy for me to to make a decision like that as opposed to if I'm really in a another person's shoes, if I'm actually playing that character and I've got all of these this other stuff that's in my head, things that I should have never seen, things that I want to that I can't unsee, like. I get where Zach's going with it, where it's like there's a certain point where 
it should be more than you just saying, no, 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 no. I'm always going to be heroic no matter what. And I'm never, I'm never affected by all the horrific crap that I see. Right. That's kind of like the Cthulian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like a, a the oppression, right. That's, well, that's placed on a character. So then why, what about this then? How about this? How about you say, if you've got a, this moral meter or we call it dark side meter, whatever yeah. we call it, maybe it's, you don't start making roles like that until you get a certain depth on the track to where it's like, now you're running okay. the risk of like you're in the danger zone of you've you you yeah. stopped pulling so many punches now so now yeah. you've got to start rolling stuff and and I also like the idea like so if I, if I was DMing and a character let's say say that there is a possibility of rolling a one even if you're high like call call it like an ability save so there's always a possibility of rolling a one even if there is a possibility right I know that your morale score is 18 you've got a great morale you happen to roll a one. When you should, when you meant to pull your punch in the moment, you didn't, and you killed this guy. To me, that is a crisis that is fascinating. Now, I, as the DM, know you're not a villain, right? You're not a villain yet. You just had your morale score shows us that you are still a moral character, and you're not handing over your character sheet. Now we have, like Superman killing Zod, we have this interesting moment where mm-hmm. you did something that that every fiber of your being, as soon as you're outside the moment says, I shouldn't have done that. Or, or was there a way that I could have not done that or whatever? There's the does doubt. That require, and the question. Does that require cool. a mechanic to where it could happen for any one of the players at the table with any of their characters? Or could it happen? Like three characters have that exact same thing happen to them where they, they kill somebody by accident, or is it really more, more compelling whenever it happens singularly in the moment? And it makes sense. Like there's kind of been a build towards it with one particular character. And then at that point, all the other characters are like, Oh my God, I can't believe what you did. You know, that becomes this whole thing. Now I, I see where you're going with it too, because it's almost like, I don't know why, but in my head, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, Peter. Whenever, uh, whenever Peter accidentally killed, yeah, the Green Goblin, right? Yeah, like, yep. Peter didn't do that. Green Goblin did that to himself. Or even maybe another analog would be like whenever he accidentally killed Gwen Stacy. He was trying to do a heroic thing. He was, it was, it was pure as the driven snow. But he, he could, he couldn't save her. His action actually there was not necessarily the, like the root cause of, of, of her death, but it was a cause it was a causal effect of her death. Right. And so like, I think that those are really cool things to have. They're good story notes. They're good beats to have. I don't know that you make, you have to make that like a mechanical thing to yeah. force the option the opportunity. Maybe it's like, maybe I've played too much tales from the loop lately, but like, it's one of those things where, I don't think that I have. To, I've I've started to gravitate away from being a slave to the like the literal like a, the literality of a of a die roll. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, okay, you did this thing. You're about to kill him. All right, so you're about to do this thing. Let's have it. Let's negotiate the narrative for a minute here. One of the things that I, as the DM, think would be really cool is if this thing happened. What do you think about that? No, that's yeah. stupid and it's terrible and I hate it. All right, yeah. well, you know, I think it was. I, <laughs> well, I mean, I tried, but like, but hear me out. Here, here's what I'm thinking, and then let me make my case. And like, I think they could go down this path, and that would be cool. Is that kind of like because then it's like now you're you're not taking stripping them of their agency. You're having a there's a that fourth pillar that we talk about about debate. That's that fourth pillar there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. I'm not. I, I, I'm not arguing. I, I don't want to. 
I'm happy to not argue for it needs to be a die roll every time. Mm -hmm. But I think that in the same way that we've argued several times in the last few <laughs> episodes that I want to, that we don't like the, the choice being on the players always. Mm, I get you that. I would like it to be to where there is some aspect of you aren't in control 100% of the time. And sometimes mm. you, the, the situation or your character or the story, the, the flow of the story and the roles that then get interpreted into the story determine that in this beat, something happens that is outside your control, but that mm -hmm. is affecting your character. And I love when that happens. Um, and uh, to me, it would be fast. I love your idea, John, about like when you drop down, you know, if you start out with the morale of 18 or morality of 18 and you drop down, once you drop down to 14 or 12, you have to start making roles. Whereas mm -hmm. otherwise you would automatically succeed. That mm -hmm. to me is enough. Like I could happily live that, in that world because that be it's just a matter of, I don't like, I don't want to be in control every time, right? Like as the DM, I want to roll dice sometimes and yeah. I want my players to make decisions mm -hmm. in the same way. I want my players to not be, there's some things that they have to interpret their, they have to take and say, how do I incorporate this new piece of information into my character? Um, and that comes to the next piece of this, which I think is the last piece that I would bring up, which is the thing that we really need, which is a, a rogues gallery. And mm -hmm. for, for 5e, what a rogues gallery means, in my opinion, is two things. One, I want a, a city that, like a campaign that is within a single city, right? I don't want to ever go outside of Gotham, period, mm -hmm. right? Don't ever take me outside the confines of the city. I know sometimes Batman goes outside, but like for the purposes of a Batman campaign, never go outside the city. Every villain has a zone within that city, mm -hmm. and every villain is a super bad at, like, there's no CR fives. They all have legendary actions and reactions and mythic actions or whatever, however you want to build it. Right. But we're going to build them to where every fight is going to be epic and where you're going to have to really lay the groundwork for having, finding ways to get an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. That's Batman's ability, right? Mm -hmm. Is he looks for the opportunities to use his skill set to stack the odds in his favor because every villain has perfectly built out their region, their territory, to make it so that if you come mess with them in their turf, they naturally, by default, have the upper hand. And I think that's something that isn't always prevalent in a D&D game, where you know that, like, if I just walk over here to this neighborhood, I'm going to get the shit beat out of me. It's more, I've got to find the way of how do I infiltrate this place and get to mm -hmm. Cobblepot... That's, around this other stuff instead of the, well, I, the knocking on the front door. What I really like about that idea about them being like it's turf, right? Yeah, yeah. Each, each everyone has their own turf or their own zone. What a pow, what power really loves? Power loves a vacuum. So as soon as you beat one, yeah, the neighboring turfs yeah. are going to try to They're gobble those up, yeah. which is going to create new conflicts, new stories, new stuff like that. But never in, invariably, one there will there won't be like a stalemate. There, one one or the other will consume that, and that by doing so, there should be like a growth. They're more powerful. In threat. Yeah. Yep, yeah, they're more powerful. Yeah. Oh, what well, a great. I think the, re the reason why we don't see that a lot is 
a lot of times the only creatures in D anD D that have something like that that we that I can think of right off the bat are, are dragons with your region abilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like layer so abilities, you, yeah. layer, layer abilities. Yeah. You, yeah. you yeah, because you have you know, for the for the great powerful yeah. dragons you have region, then you have layer, and then mm-hmm. you have legendary. Yeah. So you would have turf. Yeah, uh, hideout and. You know your personal legendary abilities, and yes, that's a really cool. That is a really cool way to do it because, you know, Batman. Batman seems to always be able to get out of the Batcave okay, and he's fairly safe. But once he gets into you know, the east side of Gotham, oh, now it's Joker territory. And you don't want to. You don't want to go to the Narrows. Yeah, you don't want to go to the Narrows, or like. You know, the minute he sets foot into the Mad Hatter house, right, things go to hell, right? Oh, um, yeah. And, and that's – I love that. I, I'd love to see a book like – Avernus did it a little bit. And there's been a few other books that do it a little bit. But I'd love to see a campaign book that is you – know, the, the Batman campaign campaign book would have to have like a write-up for each villain – with us with mm-hmm. like an evolving stat block or something and like here's their minions and here's this almost like they did way back with volos right imagine a book that is volos only those first chapters about the different creature types was about here's the riddler here's mm-hmm. here's how the here's components of the riddler's lair here's what types of minions are to be found with the riddler here's how to make a riddler weird Here's how to make different iterations of the Riddler to fit in your campaign in different ways. Here's the Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> Here's oh, no, right, like no. the Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. And, and Bear Droid saying Rav- Ravnica does that with their factions, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. I there's there's pieces in Ravnica, the Ravnica book that I think would work really well. But and I love the idea that like I would love to see a table somewhere at the beginning or somewhere mixed in there that says what John said, which is like when your when a faction takes over another thing, they inherit this the Mm -hmm. the villain gains 50 hit points and uh they gain an additional legendary action point to use every round and bubble like like something that really like Mm -hmm. makes them more or if you if they do get like regional powers or abilities like they gain the regional abilities of somebody else too so by the end of it whenever they have like the king of gotham if it's the joker at the end of it if the joker gets he's he's got all the turf then he has all of the regional abilities that, that come with it. Like he's got yeah. the, he's got the Joker gang swarm that will come in and will, and will pummel Batman while he's laughing maniacally. And then he'll have, you know, like Bane venom, you know, coursing through his, or whatever it is, right. Or whatever the, like, the little things that to, to soup him up to make him the, the well, what he would threat. do, right. Is he would lap up the sidekicks of the other villains that got taken mm-hmm. down. Right. So like, mm-hmm. Oh, you beat, you beat Mr. Freeze. Well, you inherit poison Ivy, because Poison Ivy escaped from when you went over and took down Mr. Mm-hmm. Freeze. So now the Joker has Poison Ivy on his team, which is cool, right? Like that's – you have these different pair-ups because you you never catch everybody. And, well, and, that, and I think I like, wow. the idea, I, like the, I like that idea. Instead of it being like one specific thing, what happens whenever Mr. Freeze – when his when his region drops and he's the vacuum that he creates are very specific things. Mm-hmm. Like whenever he's gone, his gun becomes available, his freeze gun becomes available. Or to your point, a minion or something, right? It's not 
it's not the same thing for all of them. Each one has their own pairing that they that they contribute to the next person that comes in and snatches up the power. Yeah, and then like you that. could also have well, and Bairdroy saying, but then the Bat family was going to come in and take ownership of the area. I don't, I don't think that would be possible. They've, they're way too spread thin. Way too spread thin. There are this many, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the the evil factions are the, are what has the ability to hold yeah. because they're because Batman would be using the police force. Batman mm. doesn't. Bat, Batman can't run a region. Batman can right. only clear a region, and and he's working against this this ticking clock. Right. Up. I've got to clear all the regions before Arkham Asylum has a breakout again. Well, <laughs> see, and that and, and think about that because pretty much all these rogues are going to get stuck in Arkham. Yeah. So then the you more send rogues in, you add. So then yeah. you mm-hmm. send somebody in. It's like, oh man, there's like only three villains, big villains left that own a third each of Gotham. And you have Arkham is just full of people that used to own sections. What if somebody goes in and busts down the doors and now <laughs> all of them are back? I mean, yeah. it, well, it's, it's just Arkham mass City. chaos. Yeah, yeah. It it's mass chaos. Yeah. Well, and we haven't even talked about I think yeah. you just barely yeah. touched on it, Troy, but we haven't even talked about like Gotham PD, Bullock, Ramirez, Gordon. Right. right. Like how are, how do they, how do they like, how do they come into this? Because uh, I think it's a relatively unique thing in uh, in the bat and the the Batman mythology, where the law enforcement personnel has like a secret backdoor handshake mm-hmm. with the vigilante. Mm-hmm. Whereas Superman is like he could like the mayor of Metropolis has always wanted to shake glad hand Superman because Lu- Superman works in the light and mm-hmm. with the law, and yeah. he's he you know he lives in a, a world made of cardboard where. He never goes too far, and you, know, you see the same thing with Hal Jordan and uh, and uh, Barry Allen with the Flash and stuff like that. Whereas Batman, Batman is effectively he's Hades, and he's trying to keep the the underworld from spilling out onto mm-hmm. everything else around it. He's trying yeah, to hold it all down. There's a great don't have that many non corrupt cops. And that's so, what I was going to say. Right, is yeah. like right, right, that's right. the other thing is you got to maintain your relationship with the cops, or otherwise mm-hmm. somebody else gets to them. And the minute you Batman thought, you know, he could call on the PD to wrap this up, is the minute they don't show. <sighs> I think you could you could use you could use some of the, you know the, the allies the the bat allies as benefits or ways to absolve this morale thing because like because one thing i was thinking when john brought up uh peter parker Mm -hmm. those things that you brought up would not you know they're not things that he did like you said so it would not you know he wouldn't have to roll for those things because he's not Mm going to snap but it it might wear down it, it maybe it's not a morale score maybe it's more of like a perseverance score resolve or something resolve yeah. you know and it's wearing away at his resolve because you know my my girlfriend's dead uh the my my best friend's dad i accidentally i accidentally killed him which you didn't kill him he did it himself but and then this happened and i failed this and and blah 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 and it's just wearing them down to the point where you get that I am so frustrated and I am so at the end of my rope. Now I'm making rolls to see if I snap and that I could see. Mm-hmm. 
because if 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 you have Barbara Gordon, who if I could go and talk to Barbara, perhaps I can get a resolve point back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, well, or or something like that. And then you and can just kind of keep working and working and working to, yes. re- to re- reduce I that. love the idea of it being resolved because then you can give a cool moment, right? Where let's say you've your resolve has been worn down to the point where you're at a 10 or something, right? And you're just like, hey, you're on the line. Everybody knows you're on the line. You could descend. You could become a Velen or whatever. You like, well, what's more is that you could, you could lose, you could go out. You could lose your resolve completely, right? So then, yeah. when if, to use Peter Parker as an example, right, and he is he's beating the crap out of Green Goblin, and he fails that role, you can then give the player the uh, opportunity and say, "Look, this is the time where you have it in your head. You have lost all resolve to be the hero, mm-hmm. and with this, you are either going to kill this person and become a villain, or you're going to walk away from it all." And we'll we'll explore that maybe later, but like you have a, if you know you've you've decided that this is not uh, this is not worth it, and if they then you give that player some agency of do they want to become a villain and and add, add themselves to the rogues gallery and roll up something else, or do they want to walk away and they you can determine if walking away means that you have that like one on one player session where they get mm-hmm. resolved back, or does it mean that they actually walk away? Right. Mm-hmm. And like they, they, they give it up and they say, I'm not going to do this anymore. They've lost the will to be a, a, a vigilante and yeah. they're going to roll up. Like there's numerous possibilities there, but it isn't without any consequence. Um, you, you have to either, you know, negotiate your way through a isolated engagement with your DM to get a few resolve points back. Or you mm-hmm. have to find a way. You never force yeah. them to become the villain, but you, right. you have to you you're giving them a choice of how they exit yeah, this part of the story because like you're, you're and I, i'm really liking these resolve idea because that that is why superman snaps zod's neck because that whole fight he's losing resolve i can i can do this i can do this one building down i can mm-hmm. do this i can do this another building down and you know they're full i can do this bam another building gone Mm-hmm. And he's losing multiple points of resolve, and now he's holding on to him. And there's that family, there's those people. I have no resolve left. I can't yeah. snap. And, and that's what happened. the whole thing was about. It was. Yeah. It, you're absolutely right. It was at that point. He's like, "There's, I can't redeem this this person anymore." And mm-hmm. the old, this is the only option that I have in order to to uh, um, to prevent further de- like death and destruction. Another thing, one of the things that, uh, that fusion actually mentioned in chat here, I, I like the idea oh, of okay. is, uh, is somebody else coming in and high roading the, uh, uh high roading you like, it, like it's since one of the things that's great about Gotham is the fact that it is, it is Hades trying to keep the underworld like a yeah. flow or doing it to like, keep it all in. Right. The last thing you want is for Zeus to come in and tell you how to run your job. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say yes, fusion. That's a cool idea, but the broken can't heal the broken, and mm. all heroes, to an extent, are broken because they are. If they have a resolve score, you cannot yeah. attempt to heal somebody else. It has yeah. to be a one of those mor- morale you might, touch points. But you could do something cool, like you could say, um, you could say, uh, uh, let's let's keep it in D and D terms um, for a moment. If 
gosh, I'm going to be, I'm going to say something here that it's just awful. But if, if we pretended for a moment that Superman was a paladin and he has a aura like a paladin does in D and D that aura could say, when you are with, when another hero is within the aura, they roll all of their resolve tests with advantage. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could be cool, right? Like the fact that Superman doesn't do the wrong thing ever will inspire people that you see. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. And that he, that would be a spe- to me that would be a specific and that power could be really to him yeah and that could be really cool where like yeah and you could play off that right you could say like you could give it to specific people but you could also say like for every si- companion for every teammate within you know a, the thirty foot area or whatever you get plus one to any resolve mm. checks right so then if, if the you, whole team is around you what's the likelihood that batman is going to kill somebody if the whole well, justice league is right there with him not nearly see, as much as if he's by himself yes but that to me also limits some cool things was, you know fusion brings up nightwing and i would argue that batman is just as likely to break with nightwing standing there yeah as he would without but now nightwing Whoever's playing Nightwing has the ability to rush over and impose and do what he has to do well, so that Bats doesn't snap. You give all so these you, great things, right? And like maybe yes, it's all of that. Well, and you could give like, you know, maybe maybe like Red Hood could go deeper into yeah, resu- lower <laughs> results. Yeah. yeah, you don't start rolling until you get to, instead of at like 12, it's at like 8, eight. or yeah. 6. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> or, or Red Hood just, here, let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, Damien, uh, Damien doesn't even have any well, results. That would be Damien's his, just, that would be, that would be his, his, if you were going to give him an ability, it would be Red Hood has an ability as a reaction to take a, to take a negative resolve, to take a resolve failure of an ally that he is next to. So when Batman, when you fail your resolve test as Batman, you could say uh, the it, you got Red Hood next to you. you could say, oh, I, I'm going to use my reaction to take that from you. And you watch. He's like uh, in, in game. He like pulls out the gun as ba- he and sees he Batman's about to break instead. and he shoots yeah. at the set. What a cool feeling, right? Like that's such a cool moment. Uh, and you could do it because, uh, yeah, yeah, there. That's cool. There's a yeah. lot. There's a lot to this that could be. And again. It all starts with that session zero and finding those right players that mm-hmm. that want to jump, you know, neck deep into something like this. Because otherwise, yeah. And- here's the, here's the thing that that gets me about all of this is that it doesn't have to be Batman. Like no. the, all this is right. is your take is like much like any other RPG or any other story or anything like that. It all like the seed of it comes from something else. And and if you strip all of the names and the locales and everything like that, that's a, an incredibly compelling and a fun D and D campaign that is unlike any other D and D campaign that's out there. Yeah, the the difference, right? I completely agree with you. I think the difference is that we get into a different mindset when we are thinking about Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Because immediately when I think about Batman, I think about this game. I go back to the villains and I say, ah, and there would be different villains that in their lair. They've built things to where heroes of this type or whatever have, you know, resolve tests here and here because these are things that are like really trigger their, you know, their ferociousness or their whatever. Like I would you could do really fun things to make each place and each villain a very unique experience for different Mm -hmm. characters. That's, again, something that we think about more readily with Batman 
less so when we're thinking about D&D. Not disagreeing with you. I think that though, if I was going to do a regular D&D campaign, I think I would, as a DM, I would still try to imagine it as a comic booky Batman vibe. Yes. So that I was still thinking in the terms of not. I think I would fall too easily back into like common ways of building the D&D like the typical world. fantasy tropes. Right? Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it would definitely well, be part but of is that kind of, is that a setting yeah. thing though? Maybe. Maybe it's not just like because I feel a lot of that in Eberron. Whenever I've played in Eberron before, that a lot of the same vibes are there that we're trying to we're trying to pick up. It's just not the same story, right? Like and and incorporating some of the additional mechanics, mechanical features like points and resolve and things like that. There's that part is not there, but I feel a lot of that like it's not a, a moral gray necessarily, but it is a like a struggle to maintain your um, your virtue in, in in everything that you do. Sometimes in Eberron, sometimes you got to get your hands dirty, and there's a risk that comes into play whenever you do that in that setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 I think we're gonna round it out, but. Uh, Fusion is is bringing up several systems, World of Darkness, which we talked about earlier, City of Mist, mm-hmm. that like there are systems out there 100% mm-hmm. that do this sort of moral dilemma well already, right? So mm-hmm. the easy answer is take one of those systems that already does it well and just mm-hmm. just tell the story over there. And it's that's a great answer and you should probably just do that. Uh, if you want to take the, uh, the, the road less traveled, the difficult road, Road less traveled with 5e. I don't know if that's a possibility. <laughs> a, road, a road less traveled. In the uh, what? No, you're good, Fusion. I'm not. No, yeah, you're no, no, you're, yeah. you're you're great. Um, I think uh, I think there's a there's a difficulty. It's a fun difficult. It's a it's just a really a challenge. It's just a different type of challenge. Mm-hmm. But there's people who have already risen to that challenge and have made a cool system that you could you could run with right now. Vampire, you know. If in a in a different world, we would have had a whole discussion tonight about how to turn Vampire Five E into a Gotham Batman, and it would work really, really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would work really, really well. Um, so uh, that's got me all excited in another way. Um, <laughs> all right. So, is there anything else that we feel like we've done? You know, an hour and a half on this now. Anything yeah. else that we need to cover? Mm-hmm. What do we feel? I, I don't think so. I, I I think we've basically pretty much said. You know. Yeah, you can do it. You can do Batman in 5e. Is it going to... Are you just going to, like, go right at it? Nope. You've got some hurdles to jump over. you got some hoops to jump through. I think it would be fun. I think the mm-hmm. system will work as long as you have the right mindset and the right players for it. Yep. And the right buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's talk about what our schedule looks like, and then we'll close this sucker out. So Tuesday, we're going to do the Paladin talk. Uh, supposedly. If you are, if supposedly. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a class chat here, but we're still working through. We're about halfway through now with our discussion of classes. Um, so we're going to talk about Paladins. And remember, folks, when we talk about classes, really what our objective is, is not to just talk about the class. That There's been plenty of people that do that, but really... What we're trying to do is look at different ways of looking at the class and turning it on its head or like concepts or ideas that we think would make it interesting so that you're not, 
um, you know, coming to the table with the same paladin. Again, nothing wrong with the same paladin, but we're just looking at it from a different, few different lenses and seeing what we can make of it. Um, so that's Tuesday. Then next Sunday, um, the goal will be to do a Kickstarter corner where we talk about some some of the live Kickstarter projects and ones that have caught our eye. That's the agenda. After that, we'll probably have a week hiatus uh, yes. as we all head to GaryCon. So you have two more sessions this month, and then uh, it's the home stretch until April. Yes, indeed. All right. I want to thank Fusion, new listener Fusion, new watcher Fusion, for checking out our show, hanging out with us. Bear Droid, thanks so much as always. Uh, thank you to Girk. Thank you to Craig. Um, thank you to Andrew, Chaos8. Um, who am I missing, Troy? I'm missing oh. a couple people, I think. Oh, man. Uh, right now we've got Abjuli. North Carolina Deplorable came in for a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Aiton's, Aiton's in there. Uh, the Big Damn Judge. We got Commander Root, Elysian, uh, Nadina, and the the one name that I still can't pronounce, I don't think I've ever. 06. There you go. <laughs> I'm, still wait, I'm still waiting for like a phonetic pronunciation. Oh, and the Stretch Guide on, 7. See you Monday, Troy. The what? Because somebody that just jumped in. Oh. See you Monday, Troy. Look at the bottom. Right on. The stretch uh, guide. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up? So What's up, Vic? Yeah. Uh, just to let people know, I'm, I'm running a, a, a little, little D&D tomorrow uh, for some of my coworkers. Sweet. So, yeah, man. All right. Uh, if you're a new first-time listener, um, we're probably uh closing it off there but um you can head over to our discord um if you private message us on facebook um we're at geek cant on facebook we will hook you up with a link to that discord and uh, we'd love to have you on there we talk about all sorts of stuff all the time over there we've got a really good community we also have the podcast which you can download on any of your podcast feed which is what this episode is as we record you can find that uh at geeks can't and then John is uh, our our fellow over on Twitter, and you can message him over there uh, if you want a link as well, or if you just want to chat. Um, Twitter, that's one of the new uh, He-Man. The Twitters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll be there. That's right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. With that, thank you so much, folks. We'll see you later. Have a good night, everybody. Play some great games. Yep. Stay safe out there. Take care. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.